Welcome to ACC Nation. That's Will Ogenen. I'm Jim Quist, and we hope that you're having a great day. He is. I I, I just hope you're you're surviving. You're surviving. There we go. Hey man, we're we're moving from basketball into a ton of other sports, a lot of spring sports on the schedule. So we're going to talk a lot about that before we get into basketball. Let me stop you one second and sure. ask you a question. What is yeah, the yeah. spring you speak of? Well, yeah, it's doing what up where you live? It was snowing this morning, and it, it's supposed to snow again tomorrow. So That's so so many so many so many levels of wrong i i you know no thing it's minnesota in april this happens <clears throat> yeah <laughs> especially no in the early part no thanks i've i've already mowed the lawn like three or four times <laughs> the whole night you know and i'm i'm good with that i hate mowing the lawn by the way just mm-hmm. for anybody who wants to know i, I absolutely hate mowing the lawn but anybody in the Richmond area wants to mow Jim's lawn <laughs> for free, for free, <laughs> cheapskate. <laughs> That's right. That's why I mow it myself. Hey, <laughs> and it's probably about the only decent exercise I get on a weekly basis. So anyway, <laughs> that's pretty sad, isn't it? I mean, just think about that. Yeah. It, you mm-hmm. know, lounge lizard and all that. So anyway, let's get into sports. So congratulations to Notre Dame uh, men and women who have won the NCAA uh, 2022 fencing championship. It's their second in a row. That's a a fabulous job on their part. It's um, pretty amazing, too. They have built a powerhouse when it comes to fencing. Uh, AVCA College Beach Volleyball rankings are out. Florida State is number four. And D1 Baseball, we're going to talk a little bit in detail about baseball before we get into basketball, okay? And we're, we're going to touch on basketball for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you worry. We're going to talk about it. D1 Baseball, top 25. The big surprise, but not really, is Virginia is at number three in the top 25. They have been yeah. playing lights out ball. Literally, I mean, they were they were unranked. What a, just a matter of weeks ago, when they were bludgeoning, literally bludgeoning opponents, scoring double digit runs like on an on an almost every game basis, and like, okay, they haven't played nobody, and then they started playing people and were putting up double digit runs like yeah. people. <laughs> it helps to have Geloff be basically borderline unconscious, like pretty much everything he hits is going out of the park. Obviously, Kyle Teal, when he keeps his helmet on, is uh, is you know a clutch player again. The pitching staff. This was kind of the question mark going into the season, and starters and relievers have all been you know pretty downright awesome. I mean, Ortiz, he's actually uh, mound tonight. And we were recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, he's on the mound as they are taking on Liberty, and he's had a really strong season and. You got the bullpen. Remember the their backup quarterback Jay Wolfolk is part of their bullpen, and he's had a really nice season too. Yeah, this season has gone way way better than everyone expected. And obviously, they have a huge uh, series coming up uh, this weekend against Miami. Yeah. Speaking of Miami, they're at number eight in the top twenty-five. At number twelve, it's Louisville, the perennial powerhouse in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame 
is having a pretty decent year so far. They're at number 13. Florida State is back at 20. Don't expect them to stay there very long. NC State, another team uh, at 21. Don't expect them to stay there very long. And UNC at 22. Again, don't expect those teams to stay back that far for very long because they have got it together. ACC this year is a powerhouse in college baseball, and this is going to be a fun year to watch. Let's bounce over to men's lacrosse and then women's lacrosse. Virginia got thumped by Richmond. Um, a little bit of a, a surprise there, uh, maybe not for U of R fans. Uh, Virginia dropped down to uh, number six this week in the poll. At number 12, it's North Carolina. At number 13, Duke. And at number 18, uh, Notre Dame. Now, let's take a look at what's going on with the women. UNC is at number one. Syracuse, two. Boston College, three. <sighs> Own that women's lacrosse ball. Yep. Um, number 15, Duke. Number 19, Notre Dame. Virginia comes in at 23. And Louisville at 25. Mm -hmm. So, let's uh, head out to the links for just a few moments. Men's golf, top 25. Number seven. UNC at 11, Georgia Tech, 13, Notre Dame, number 19, Wake Forest. At number 20, it's Florida State, and number 21, Clemson. Now, no surprise over on the women's side as Wake Forest is at number three. Uh, wow, they have just got one heck of a program going on at Wake Forest. Virginia is at number seven this year. Number 14, Florida State, Duke, who is just watch, watch your back. That's all I got to say, because year after year, they always come up with just an, an awesome finish. They're 23, and congratulations, Hokies. You have really hit it home with this coach that you hired, man, because she has been bringing this team along, slowly but surely building this program. The Hokies ranked at number 24 in women's golf yeah um, they're nice they're relatively new new to this uh to the women's golf program right yes in the last what four or five years yeah yeah it, it's and it takes it takes a little while to to build that uh maybe yeah. a little bit longer in golf i would think but uh that's impressive to say yeah. the least um, let's take a look at some, some other sports and what's going on. Rowing, Virginia's at number 10, Duke at number 11. Hey, Syracuse, number 14, Syracuse building a program there and rowing. And that's not an easy thing to do. Rowing is, uh, really a, a very, uh, it's it's a difficult. I can't even imagine doing that. To be honest with you, I, my my arms and shoulders just hurt thinking about it. Um, but it's, the best it's I can do is I row at the gym from time to time. So it's it's fun to watch. And of course, there's a lot of leg power <laughs> in, involved yeah. in it. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, oh. So it's neat. So never underappreciate rowing, folks. Yeah. Uh, watch it as much as you can because it is it's neat to watch and to, to watch the mechanics that are involved in, in that mm -hmm. and the coordination softball yeah, the coordination part that's the oh. key to it it's yeah especially when you got like the four person or whatever or whatever more it's you got to, that that's probably as much the key to as like getting as the strokes just yeah. making sure you're all together and not 
and not messing up too much. I'm I'm always impressed by it, whether it's varsity four or varsity eight. It's just uh, yeah, incredible stuff. Softball number two, Florida State. Now, normally year after year, well, it would it would be that's it. Mm-hmm. But again, but wait, uh, there's more. There is more. The ACC. I have to say, man, for the last couple of years, ACC has just been building in in these sports in a way that it's it's really quite amazing. Softball, like I said, number two, Florida State, Virginia Tech, number four. Wow, that's Duke. impressive. I know, I know, I, I follow several Virginia Tech people on on Twitter and they have brought up the the fact that this softball program has really been, you know, progressing yep. uh, nicely. And this is, you know, that it's probably, if you, if you're to say hey, uh, who, if there was one sport where they have a shot of winning their first championship and that's probably, it'd probably be that or wrestling right now. Yeah. Uh, Number 13, Duke. Number, uh, I believe I've got, eight, it's 18. Sorry, I can't even read my own handwriting. That's a pretty common thing I have every day. Uh, number 18, Clemson. That's a new program. Mm-hmm. I can remember when they uh, they got their first recruit in. And it's it's been a couple of years and they've been building. But to be ranked this quickly, again, a fabulous job by that coach there. Uh, he's doing a great job at number 25. It's Notre Dame. So um, usually in softball, the ACC other than Florida state is nowhere to be seen. I, I yeah. That's that. been the case for a number of years is they, they always had the pitching that <laughs> just like kept everyone else in check, but yeah, it's the, the whole conference is getting so much better at softball and it's, it's nice to see, you know, a full, you know, the league getting so much more competitive. Yeah. And, uh, Hey, um, you know, it's, it's, it's no longer dominated by big 12, big 10 and I mean, mm-hmm. and on and on. And it's, it's good to, to, to see the ACC emerging mm-hmm. in these sports outdoor, uh, track and field. Um, the rankings for men, number 12, Miami, uh, number 17, Clemson and number 24, Virginia for the women. It's number 12, Duke and number 13, NC state. That's an interesting uh, uh, turn of events there. Uh, in tennis, Wake Forest is number seven on the men's side. Virginia at number eight. Number 17 is North Carolina. Number 19, Duke. Number 21, NC State. And number 25 is Louisville. And in women's tennis, this should not come as any surprise to anybody who watches women's tennis, especially ACC. UNC is number one. Number three is NC State. Number eight, Miami. Number 10, Duke. And number 14, Virginia. People having a, a, a very, very good year uh, spring sports-wise. This is uh, going to be just a blast. If you thought basketball was uh, a, the ending to basketball was a fantastic season, um, then you've got a lot to look forward to with spring sports to make your transition. Now, a lot of people are just or die hard one sport or two sport. Uh, I will just encourage you that with this much athleticism and skill 
in the ACC that you should be latching on to one or two. And just, you know, even if you're not really totally into it, just keep an eye on some of these these competitions throughout the season because I'm telling you, there are a ton of of, um, of teams here that have a good shot at a national title. And you may so. mention it. I mean, it's nice to hear you say it when you're when you're getting rolling down these rankings and you're not just mentioning like one school, two right. schools. It's four, five, six. Right. So it shows you just to the, the depth of the the conference and all these sports that uh, they're they're competitive, and it's nice to see. Speaking of competitive, Will, and I know you have been itching to talk about basketball. Um, <laughs> flea powder, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's start out with the NCAA women. Um, quite, quite an ending there uh, for the two teams that uh, we were really hoping that we're going to bring home a national championship. Uh, Louisville and NC State. And um, wow, uh, let, let's start with this NC State. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about it last last week and uh, or last time, sorry. Uh, NC State losing to UConn 91 87 double overtime. And that was a game that I, I won't forget, and I hope that anybody who had a chance to watch that did because that was just crazy off-the-chart good basketball. Yeah, it was. Um, we obviously talked about this last week and uh, the amount of clutch shooting there was in this game on both sides, and then also we talked about, you know, why the hell are they uh, as UConn at a home, home court advantage uh, as a two-seed in, in, the, in the second weekend games, I think. Bridgeport was, if I, if I remember correctly, something like 70, 75 miles from yeah. from stores or UConn's campuses. That. So yep. well, you can drive an hour and a half or so mm-hmm. to uh, walk to basically a home game. Yeah, that, that's not necessarily fair, but um, no shame in in the, the way NC State's losing, the season ended. That was, you know, they had a phenomenal season. Uh, they were obviously just, you know, the, they were among the, the top of the ACC. Obviously, it was them in Louisville. They, you know, they were they were just unbelievable the entire season. And, um, you know, just came up a little bit short in the Elite Eight. Like I said, phenomenal season. Nothing to hang your head about. They The the ladies played very, very well. And it's just, it, it reminded me a lot of the, uh, the Purdue-Virginia Elite Eight game from three years ago where it was just, you know, clutch shot making, and you just didn't want to see either team lose, but unfortunately, somebody had to. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Kudane, Brown, Turner, Crutchfield, Jones, Boyd, uh, double-digit game. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing performance. And, and it's it wasn't just those players, but those are the ones we're going to focus on for NC State. And mm-hmm. man. And if I read, I thought I saw some of Kanae going pro. So she's, she, if that's the case, yeah, she's probably going to be drafted pretty high. She's, yeah, she's a imagine. really good player. Yeah, yeah. There's there's been quite a few players uh, as of late uh, who've come out of NC State and the ACC have gone to the WNBA and, and done very well. Um, again, uh, 
double overtime, 91-87 the final and NC State. Boy, uh, <laughs> you're in our hearts, man. That, that yeah. game, that, that was just an awesome game. And it, it pretty much kind of overshadowed a lot of of the rest of what what happened. And um, the next game, Louisville uh, lost to South Carolina, 72-59. to And um, so Smith, Cochran, and Engsler uh, led the cards in, in their effort. But South Carolina has become what used to, to be referred to as UConn, the powerhouse of, of women's mm-hmm. basketball. Um, and, uh, of course, South Carolina went on to, to crush UConn 64-49, and I use crush liberally mm-hmm. because I don't like UConn. So. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, the, um, the game against Louisville, yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough loss for Louisville. Obviously, they just – they just could not met, match up with them um, def- defensively. South Carolina's defense was just really uh, tough. Obviously, Aaliyah Boston was player of the year. She had 23 points and 18 rebounds in this game. Um, they held Van Lith to four of 11 shooting, which is rough. Yeah. Um, they were one of eight from three. And I, and I was a little surprised that they only took eight threes considering you, you, you know, they have Boston in the middle who was, who is obviously one of the, you know, she was the player of the year, but a really good defender too. Um, just the, the shots were not falling on this and they still shot 43% from the field. So it's not, it wasn't necessarily that, but they also turned it over 15 times. Um, this, uh, like only took only had seven free throw attempts. So yeah, just a little, a little disappointing in the way that ended, obviously talked about, you know, we talked about some of the, the stars of the game for Louisville. Engsler had 18 points and nine rebounds, but she turned it over four times and fouled out. She shot eight of 17 from the field, so she had a really good game. Cochran, obviously, 14 points on on six of 11 shooting, had three steals. But like I said, the all five of South Carolina starters were in double figures in that game. Uh, just, a, you know, and, and we'll get into the championship in a moment, but that was just, you know, we saw uh, why South Carolina was one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. Uh, amazing effort by Louisville in uh, a great season for them as well. It just, you know, sometimes you run into those brick walls and South Carolina is a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and we joked, I joked last week about Don Staley being an ACC killer and lo and behold, yeah. I think that was the third AC third ACC team she beat in this tournament. Yep. Yep. <laughs> She's man, you know, this is, uh, we talked about this, uh, last week about how coaches, sometimes players don't, don't become good coaches. Mm-hmm. Here's your exception. This here's your exception to the yeah. rule. Yeah. And, uh, they're not anomalies. They're out there, but to have yeah. a player of that caliber, you know, collegiate and pro Just- yeah, and, and then go right into to being a coach. Um, she's she she's very very in tune with what's going on and what should be happening. And uh, you watch her as a coach, and um, there's a lot of energy there. She's she's really into the game. Yeah, you know. So yeah, definitely. She she did a like I say even that championship game. 
she used her deep she used that defense to get and uh she was really and uh really hot three-point shooting they were really hot to start the game destiny henderson of south carolina had the game of her life in that championship game and I felt like every time I was, I was looking up, she was hitting a three. So she was, you know, she's, she's not there. She's not the star of the team. Obviously Aaliyah Boston is, but um, Henderson, you know, had 26 points in that game and, you know, she, she took 20 shots. So, I mean, she was was pretty much a volume shooting game, but like I said, she was very clutch on that end. Boston only had 11 points, but she had 16 rebounds and obviously the narrative for UConn was Paige Beckers, you know, playing in her hometown, getting the championship game, but they really held her. And she was the only reason UConn was remotely close in this game. Mm-hmm. She had 14.6 rebounds, but it felt like she really didn't get going until the second half. They really held her in check for the most part. And, um, you know, again, congrats to Don Staley. I kind of made a joke, a little, not so much a joke, but I made a, a statement after the game uh, Sunday night that, it was fitting that, you know, three years ago, Virginia won a title, uh, the national championship here in Minneapolis. And then three years later, you know, the, a Virginia alum, obviously the, the probably the greatest women's basketball player to put on a University of Virginia uniform wins the title in Minneapolis as well. So that's why you live there. It's good luck for Virginians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there are a few of us. I, I've I've met I've met a few here and there. So <laughs> one or two, one or two. Yep. Um, good stuff overall. Women's basketball again next year is going to be fabulous to watch. Yep. It's going to be very entertaining. Uh, yeah. let, let's move on to the NCAA men's tournament. Uh, wow. Um, who would have expected uh, North Carolina and Duke to? to be in this position one more time with Mike Krzyzewski on his final ride and, you know, his, his first, very first loss, uh, I think was to, to, to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First his, and loss. And last. last. Yep. Um, wow. Um, and the key to this game was Caleb Love. Uh, Love pumped in 28 points, UNC defeating Duke 81-77. You know, I said in our thread with Chris during during that semifinal game that Caleb Love was either it was the reason they were yeah. either going to win or lose that game. So I guess right. you could say it's a love hate relationship. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. We uh, uh, Okay, everybody, on the count of three, do your rim shot and 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 then kiss it on to 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 Will, you know, one, two, three. There you go. <laughs> it's been hurt. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Don't forget to tip. <laughs> Don't forget to tip your waitresses. That has been heard around the world, my friend. <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> yes. It's been a long day. I'm tired. <laughs> but oh, anyways, um, yeah. yeah, this was a this was a just a phenomenal game. Yes, um, it was. Like just back and forth the whole way. Uh, just a great effort by UNC. Obviously, 
um, one of the, the stories that came out of the game on, on the North Carolina side, aside from Caleb Love, was Amando Baycott. I mean, he 11 mm-hmm. points, 21 rebounds. That was like, I literally he felt like they he had, like, had every rebound. It's kind of true. They had 50 rebounds in the game, so he had almost half yeah. of them. Um, but he did foul out at the end. He also uh, injured his ankle towards the end of the game. And I kind of thought when he did that, that would kind of be it for North Carolina. But you know, he, he was gone for a few minutes, came back in. They kept themselves in it, checked back in and made a difference. And obviously um, loves three towards the end of the game to make it a four point game, kind of put the, uh, you know, the dagger in it and, you know, uh, say Love had 28 points on 11 to 20 shooting. R.J. Davis was big in the first half. He he was he had 18 points. Um, Love and Leaky Black both played all 40 minutes in this game, and it it shouldn't be a huge surprise because they this they kind of call them the Iron Five. All five of them played no no fewer than 33 minutes, and the only reason Baycott only played 33 minutes was between the injury and, and him fouling out. Right, but. I think I think there's some good things, you know, on, on the bench side to take out of this, and we'll get into that later. But yeah, the guard play was really good in this game, and you know, it, it it's you know it's kind of weird to know now that the next time we see Duke on the basketball court in November, Mike Shashevsky will not be on the sidelines. Um, yeah, it, it you know he's been he's been the coach of Duke since you know, before I was born and I'm in my forties. So let's put it that way. Um, you know, just an outstanding career. You know, Duke gave him everything. Paolo Bancaro was big in this game at 20, 20 and 10. Um, Mark Williams, you know, only played 17 minutes in this game. They went for a little smaller lineup. Trevor Keels came off the bench, had 19 points and 14 shooting in this game. Neither team shot the three great. I mean, UNC was yeah. 10 of 26. But Duke only going 12 to 20 at the freezer line was kind of kind of a big deal. Um, but like I said, uh, just a you know a, a career is done. A career is over. Mike Shashevsky is no longer the coach at North Carolina or at Duke. Stop, sorry, I was looking at North Carolina's logo <laughs> while I was talking about this. But he's no longer Duke's coach and. I even joked after the game that Hubert Davis might get a lifetime contract for, you know, for beating K in his last home game and ending his, you know, his season in the final four. Uh, so <laughs> quite yeah. the, uh, quite the uh, feather in his cap for his first season. Exactly. Um, I was impressed by Keel's 19 off the bench. That was, that was something. And uh, Ben Caro, uh, doing the 20 for, for Duke. Um, that was, that was what, uh, I remember growing up well, and our, our buddy, uh, Patrick, who, uh, started ACC nation, um, who's a big North Carolina fan. Yeah. Um, that's a type of, of game that both of us were used to seeing, when we were we were younger, when we were kids, when they literally would would wheel in the TV into the into a classroom, and you'd be watching ACC basketball in school, 
uh, the tournament. I swear I went to went to the wrong school system because I'd never heard of this until uh, like I until I was on Twitter. <laughs> you're you're yeah. I think I think it's the age thing. I think it, 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 at a, there came a point where it was like. You know, we, we in a good day when the wind was blowing correctly, we had two good channels, maybe three. Okay, that was it. Uh-huh. There, there was not, there was no cable. Okay, yeah. I mean, this tells you how things have changed dramatically. I was watching a, a YouTube video of a newscast uh, that that switched in, I think, in the 60s, 64. Uh, no, it was on Reddit. Um, in 1964, the newscast switched from black and white to color and, uh, color had been approved for use, um, the standard in engineering and everything in 53. So it took them that long to make those changes. And so you can see why, you know, it took cable a long time to, to really get off the ground in smaller markets, especially. So, you know, when you live in a small area and uh, you can only get, you know, two or three channels at most um, and there's no cable. Uh, yeah, <laughs> everybody wants to yeah. see the game. Teachers included, man. We want yep. to see the game. So we watched <laughs> it in school. And yeah, it's people shake their head at that. Like, I, I can't believe you guys did that. Believe me. You know, there was a lot of other stuff we did too that you wouldn't believe, but um, you know we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> Not sure that's family friendly. <laughs> uh, well, nah, never mind. Uh, <laughs> there was a joke there. I'll leave it alone. Um, so yeah, you know, and, and I had mentioned this to you uh, when we were talking um, on the podcast about how I thought uh, Mike Shashevsky wasn't doing well health wise, and. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, dude, he just looks like it's, you know, it's time. And uh, yeah. I, I, I hope that, that he's in, in fairly decent health, or at least he regains his health. Yeah. Because, uh, I know we were making that point to each other during the Sweet 16 game, because you could just tell he's just yeah. limping and hobbling because of his, you know, he's had back problems for a long time. And, and I think that's why he's, he's retiring more than anything is I think just the back is too much for him. Yeah. It's only so much that, that, that you can take pain threshold wise over a yeah. period of time. You, you, there's some resistance to, you know, your body provides you with some chemical infusion naturally to, to help with pain. But after a while it, it wears on you, man, it wears on you. It depresses you, you know, go down the line. Um, and it, it's tough on people and, it looks to me like it's it's had its effect on Coach K. Yeah, hope the best for him. Really do. Um, anyway, that ended uh, Duke's run, and uh, it was the the typical as you know I got off on the on the path there. Um, that was what I grew up with watching UNC and Duke. The, it, it was always a battle always a battle and it was always so much fun to watch and and then the the trash talking between these two uh was was mm-hmm. just glorious but anyway at that point unc moved forward uh to face kansas now uh i know you picked kansas in your bracket um and 
I can see why. I knew they were a fast team. Um, they were quick and they were physical. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I got to say, and I think you do too, UNC was very surprising in this game. They, they stepped up. Way. Yeah, they stepped up big time. Uh, what a heck of a game. Yeah, let me just uh, just for before we move on, I would like to uh, invite everybody to go back la- to last week's podcast and listen to all of my predictions. Where let me uh, <clears throat> do my best emperor <laughs> voice here. Everything is preceded as I have foreseen. <laughs> as uh... I nailed all, all the final four, or the, nailed the winners of the final four games and the championship in both the men's and women's bracket. Now, but on to the, the championship game. Yeah, like you said, you know, when when Carolina got out 15 at halftime, I'm like, wow, they really, like, I mean, Kansas got out early, like, yeah. what, what was it, a 7 uh, Nelson or something like that? Was, yeah, for about and three I was like, okay, minutes. Was, yeah. yeah, real quick. And then Carolina was just really unfazed by it. They, you know, they ended up going up 15 at halftime, and I'm sitting there like, they really might do this. Got the lead up yeah. to like 16 or something at one point. Yep. But I know Kansas has shown in this tournament that they're a second half team. Remember they, they held Miami to like 15 points. They had a big second half against uh, Villanova and the final four game. Yep. Um, and obviously they did the same thing in this championship game against Carolina. I think they scored something like 47 points in the second half. Um and a lot of that was, you know, like say Ochayabaji and and McCormick. McCormick probably was the should have been most outstanding player of the Final Four instead of Abaji. But we saw these guys for Kansas and you know, Christian Brown as well. He he stepped up in the second half, and the I think what what kind of ended up dooming a UNC in the end was uh, obviously Baycott was hobbled. You could tell he was three of thirteen from the field still had 15 and 15. It was everybody else that stepped. Brady Manick, 13 points, 13 rebounds. RJ Davis, 15 points, 12 rebounds. Um, Puff Johnson off the bench. I thought he had a played a great game. He had 11.6 boards. Uh, You know, he 11.6 boards, one assist and one, and one, uh, and one big blow chunks. (laughs) Uh, but he, you know, he played very well. And this is, uh, this was actually a good sign for next year, seeing a game, you know, Johnson have a game like that. Cause you know, he'll be ready to step up you know, should, uh, I know Manic is gone and, you know, maybe Baycott looks to, to, to go to, and that's still up in the air, but, you know, this is a, a quite a remarkable run for the Tar Heels, you know, coming within three points of the national championship game. And as we go back and we mentioned during the Duke, you know, our talk about Duke, that Caleb Love can, you know, was either going to win or lose him. And unfortunately, his shooting uh, lost them this game, five of 24 from the field. And it wasn't just him. I mean, RJ Davis was five of 17. So you're looking at 10 of 41. My quick math tells me that's less than 25%. Yeah. I don't think Licky Black had too good of a game either. Only had two points, right? Yeah, but he was in foul trouble. Um, but a lot of, you know, he had four fouls and didn't, he still played 30 minutes, but 
he didn't really he only took a couple of shots that you know, shooting isn't his his thing he's right. he's the he's defender the, and yeah. he did a pretty good job you know abaji only took nine shots in this game uh he was on him a lot uh, he and he was just you know he's been a great defender and if you if you followed unc basketball you knew that was his kind of bread and butter he was he was gonna guard your best shooter and he he did a really good job of that all year he was kind of a you know he was behind mark williams and reese beekman in terms of you know defensive player of the year recognition Mm -hmm. but you know his his defensive capabilities were every bit as good as those two um two things i want to point out about this game that i don't know if anybody is you know i'm sure somebody is uh, I can't listen to everybody and everything, every source. So I'm sure somebody has addressed this. But um, I said this when we were talking, you know, between ourselves during the game. Uh, Matt, uh, he, he had to have had a concussion. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, I will, you know, look, I'll say this from the standpoint that uh, of my experience coaching Plus, I used to be an EMT. My wife used to be an EMT. She said the same thing. We looked at each other, and, and when the replay was done where he got hit in the, in the face with an elbow, he had a whiplash. And um, he, for I think the rest of the game, he, he just was not playing up. I don't think he was playing 100%. Now, no excuses, but I think it ought to be, I think it ought to be brought out that you know, here you go, with somebody obvious to me. I think it was pretty obvious that he that he probably was concussed, but they didn't take him out of the game. Now, yeah, you know, there's so many ifs, ands, and buts here. Yeah, I just don't think he was. I don't think he was clicking on all cylinders for quite yeah. a while. And uh, and then watching. Um, uh, Baycott, uh, twist his, his ankle again. Uh, when I saw that, I just went, Oh boy. Oh boy. If it would have been interesting to see how that would have ended up and it may have ended up the same way, but if, right. if both of those guys were at a hundred percent, um, what would have been, because when you have a game this close, 72, 69, this close, I mean, this, this mm-hmm. was a wild game. Um, and I, I, I gotta say, I was impressed by both teams, but being ACC nation, I'm going to say I was very impressed by North Carolina. What those guys did, they stepped up in a way at the end of the season that was just phenomenal. And, uh, I know that, uh, somebody had uh, tweeted and asked us, you know, where was this team? at the beginning of the season and, you know, addressed it to, to, you know, family or a bunch of other people. And I don't know how we got in there, but, uh, Hey, Hey, thank you. But nobody, yeah. nobody answered you. I'm sorry. Uh, we were too engrossed in the game, <laughs> but, uh, I think, um, that oh, the one thing <laughs> that everybody forgets is this, is that basketball, unlike a lot of other sports, is a pro- a progression, and you know you start off the season and it could suck, it could absolutely just blow chunks. And for several teams in the ACC this season, that's exactly what it did. 
but that doesn't mean that it's going to continue to do that right up until the end. Some teams start to come together and click late in the season. That's what happened here. I just pulled up the, that tweet you were talking about. It tags John Feinstein, Jay Billis, Jeff yeah. Eisenberg, and, uh, and ACC Nation, yeah. and then uh, somebody who works with UNC in some capacity. I mean, cool. And nobody Our answered name is visible. <laughs> sorry about that. I, you know, I yeah, would, sorry, dude. I, I would have. I, yeah. You know, but uh, like I said, we were all engrossed in the game. Yeah, I hardly even tweeted you in the game other than like the little bit you're in, you know, Mannix. uh, Mm -hmm. After Mannix got, you know, his, you know, hit like twice. It, 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 yeah, you made that point and I'm, and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, NFL has the independent doctors that are there, you know, to check in case, you know, there's a concussion, you know, potential concussion. I'm wondering if that's something the, the that they might look at going forward um, in, for situations like this. I, I don't know sure. how necessary, like, you know, what are the odds? But again, you never know. This is a, it's an interesting subject. I, I think, I think it's, um, I think it's very reasonable. I I remember uh, doing a uh, a podcast several years ago, where I interviewed uh, a guy with a youth sports um, league about um, a concussion. And this is back when the NCAA was coming out with the, the concussion protocol. Um, and uh, you know, soccer is right up there. Uh, that's for sure and um but also you know of course football but basketball is too you know with a lot of a high concussion rate and if you you watch a game like this and you understand why uh, i can i remember playing basketball when i was in high school and uh i i went up and when i came down my feet were swept out from underneath of me so I came down horizontal. My head hit the floor, and it 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 must have sounded like a shotgun, you know, um, because everybody just stopped, and I, I saw stars. I, I I had no clue where I was for about a minute, and um, got up, sat down for a couple minutes, got right back in the game. Should I have? Um, but you come from the days where they would just tell you to rub some dirt on dirt. it and go back in. <laughs> that's funny because that's exactly what I told my wife. I said, just rub some dirt on it. It, you know, <laughs> just, it just looks at me like you're out of your mind. I said, hey, that's what the coaches used to tell us. So, But she's not wrong, though. No, no. She's absolutely right about me being out of my mind. That's why she's so attracted to me. What can I say? Um, so... Anyway, North Carolina falling in the national championship. Um, it's going to be an interesting year next year. I think a lot of the players that um, got into the NCAA tournaments, men's and women, um, the ones that are going to be back, there's going to be a lot of talent, and they're going to have that experience, and they're going to have a taste. They want to win. And when you get this far and you start getting that taste, yeah. You, you you start looking at at, uh, at the video 
and you replay it over and over and over again in your head and you go, yeah, I know what to do differently this time. So next year, going to be fun. Going to be a blast. This was an awesome basketball season for the ACC. Aside from everything prior to the ACC tournament. <laughs> so...